0: At 405-329-9000, live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas.
1: Do you know what his rebuttal is when a Texas fan says hook him? I don't. I, I don't. Bob, I don't do you to care to that. tell him what it is? Oh yeah, I've been saying it a long time. i say we usually do. <laughs> 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 uh, that's good. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It. So, uh, yeah, it's not the first time that's been shouted out to me, and so I'm, I'm, I'm ready for my response.
2: Is that what do Texas fans scream that at OU like, whenever they're intermingled down in in Dallas? Is that something that they yell? That almost sounds like something that you would yell to your own fans, hook them.
1: Yeah, right? okay, that's an interesting point because if Texas fans are around or OU fans yelling, boomer, well, maybe if you've had eight or nine beers potentially. But I, I, what do OU fans yell at Texas? What do Texas fans yell at OU? Maybe they're the same word, the four-letter word that starts with F. Um, but, hmm, let me think about that.
2: What would it because like hmm. uh like LSU they scream tiger bait at everyone, tiger, which makes sense. Tiger, tiger. bait. Yeah, tiger uh, bait. Uh which makes sense, right? Um I don't know. I guess I guess you're just saying, hey, my allegiance allegiance lies with uh your rival, so
1: well, I, I, I would say that, like in, for instance, in 2004, you're yelling 65 to 13 at them yeah. after yeah. what happened the previous year. So maybe we're gonna have to hear a bunch of 49 nothings this next year. Well, I mean, w- w- whatever. I, ju- I guess just get them back. I'm just trying to think of the thing on a year in year out basis that an OU fan can yell at a Texas fan that one makes sense and two, most importantly, cuts the deepest when you yell at them. Yeah, and and what what it what is that? Uh, text line can help us out with that.
2: Uh, five probably, and seven.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's probably just a four letter word and then followed by Texas. I don't know if that cuts yeah. the deepest, but it, it gets to the point.
2: Yeah, it gets to the point. I'm telling you, um, I I say it and I'm halfway joking, but I'm I'm really not. Let's say if Clemson. Makes the the playoff this year, and I'm sure I haven't looked at their schedule in a while, but if it's like any other year, it's really easy.
1: They get Florida State at home this year. I mean, that's the the important thing. So, their two toughest games off the top of my head will be Florida State at home, and I think they'll have to go to South Carolina at the end of the year.
2: Yeah, at South Carolina, uh, Notre Dame at home, uh, at Miami, at NC State, at Syracuse, Florida State at home early. Uh, at Duke to start the season off, so if you 're a college football playoff caliber football team like that 's not all that daunting of a of a schedule um the Florida State game early is going to be tough, but again, like you said, you have it at home so like and i don 't think Texas is going to be bad i don 't think they're going to be i think they 're going to be eight and five like kind of right. like every year. But but if they are bad and they have like a six and six type of year, it's going to be hard for Sarkeesian to keep his job at some point, right?
1: Uh, well, yeah, absolutely, it's going to be tough and for him to keep his job.
2: If Clemson makes the playoff and it looks like it's because wow, look at this miraculous turnaround with the offense, with a lot of the same guys, same quarterback. But, man, this Garrett Riley system, look what he did with TCU. Look what he did with Clemson. If there's a big job out there next year, he's going to be the top candidate.
1: Well, yeah. Just how it is. And Texas has a type, don't they? Sark was the hot candidate. They go throw a bunch of money at him. Um, Tom Herman was the hot candidate. They threw a bunch of money at him. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know if Charlie Strong was the top candidate. I think Texas – got turned down by maybe Art Bryles and some others before they got to Charlie Strong. The point is, is Texas has a type, which is the hottest young mind here recently that's out there. That's That's mm-hmm. been their type. And now, he would fit right into that with exactly what you're saying.
2: The difference is that he's only been an offensive coordinator and really hasn't even been one for very long, uh, never been a head football coach. Now, that – I don't think is is something that would necessarily keep someone from, from making that hire, but it is a factor. Uh but I that's that's that would be the name that I would watch out for going to Texas if, if Sarkeesian has a has a bad season. I,
1: I thought for half of a second would, would Texas fans be okay with hiring the brother of a guy that used to coach at OU and after that half second it was well, yeah, of course they would. Of course, if he was the hottest head coaching commodity out there and he had back to back really nice years of taking two teams to the playoff, um, they, they don't care I don't think Texas fans care about that now that he's not there anymore. I think they would take him in a heartbeat if he was thought of as the best candidate. I don't think that, that I, I don't think that would deter Texas away from hiring Garrett Riley.
2: Well, they wouldn't let Sarkeesian bring Mike Stoops as the linebacker coach.
1: <laughs> it's true. So
2: But that's a little bit different, like Garrett Riley's never coached at Oklahoma at all, at any capacity. So, yeah, I I wouldn't think it would be an issue. But heck, I don't know. Uh, I don't te- know what they deal with down Texas there.
1: Line, uh, Texas line, uh, Texas. Geez, Tex line. I got Tex line and Texas mixed up there. <laughs> OU fans may burn things down if we have to face Riley Light as UT head coach. Uh, and here's the things that you could say to Texas: at least we didn't lose to Kansas. <laughs> um, let's see. So when are you guys when are you guys actually going to be back? It's been a while. Uh I guess Charlie Strong is a thing that you can uh, throw at them according to the text line. Oh, do you have a Heisman Park is something that you can throw at uh, th- at the text line. Remember that four-letter word followed by Texas? You can replace the first uh letter in both of those words and just switch them around. You can say that one.
2: Yeah. Well, if I was going to say uh, a four-letter word followed by a five-letter word, uh, like Texas, I would just say rock chalk would be what I would say to them.
1: <laughs> rock chalk it up like the KU uh, play-by-play guy. Another KU one. victory. They're, they're used to hearing that one for sure. I live in Dallas, 49 nothing. So, yeah, we see it all the time on Twitter. I guess Texas fans in the flesh are saying that to OU fans as well.
2: Yeah, which, hey, uh, it's like you beat us 49 to nothing last year. How could you possibly ever lose to us this year? I mean, is there that big of a difference between the two programs in one year? Oh, my God, we're the worst team ever, 6-7, and and now you've lost to us this season? Uh, Which, I mean, I got to tell you, after the score from last year and the way it went down, um, and the thought of losing it again. When's the last time we lost to Texas two years in a row?
1: So, you did in 14. Okay, so probably 05 and 06, I think, off the top of my head, would be the last time. 05 and Almost. 06. No, 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 08 and 09. You lost in 08 and 09. That's that's probably the two. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, OU was number one in 08 and lost, and then... Was not ranked in 09 and probably still should have won that game.
2: All right. Well, 15 years ago, um, the thought of of losing back-to-back to to Texas right now, uh, I know there's never, like, a good time to lose back-to-back to to Texas, but right now, like – there's going to be some anxiety driving south this year, I think, for people.
1: Uh yeah. I mean, depending on what the first four or five games look like, but it sounds like pretty much everyone is under the same thought of Well, oh, you can do some nice things, but I'm not really gonna buy any of it until they show it against Texas. Yeah. And that's and honestly that's a pretty fair that's a pretty fair takeaway to me. Um, and, and I'll, I'll say this, if OU just plays lights out and they have an opportunity to run the score up and Brent doesn't do it after this last year of what OU fans have had to endure, I, I wonder if OU fans will try to fire Brent at the 50-yard <laughs> line if he doesn't take an opportunity to run the score up on Texas this year, if he has it.
2: Right. Well... Um there's nothing wrong with punching a, a touchdown or two in late if, if you've got the twos in and you got the opportunity to do it. I think we would take that. But I don't know. My guess is um, the norm recently has been really tight football games. With crazy endings, I think you're more likely to have something like that than you are to have any type of big blowout. I
1: think it'll be, um, I think it'll be one of those games where, and I think we've seen it in the past, right? Like, I, I guess the Ohio State game is what immediately comes to mind. Is that's the game? Like, if this team is circling a game this year, it's that one, and there's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. I can't necessarily say the same thing for Texas. They go to Alabama, and that's week two versus the second weekend of October. So, I remember OU really circling that Ohio State game in 2017. They came out and played, man, I mean, really well on both sides, especially on defense. I got to think, seeing as that's the game that they're going to circle, the game that they're going to really put a lot of emphasis on, I got to think OU is going to play well in that game and that, yeah, you're right, it's probably going to be pretty close. However, I looked on FanDuel once again today, and Texas is still a six-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. So, if you're of the opinion it's going to be close, then that's maybe that's something that you should look at, taking OU in six and a half points. Been a while since you could do that in this game. Well, I guess no outside of last year, of course. No
2: kidding. Well, hey, um, hmm possibly do that if uh wagering on sports was illegal in this state, Tyler. So I don't know what uh, you're suggesting. Well it's
1: it's always legal one way or the other, okay? That's why <laughs> they need to they, that's why they need to get on it and just go ahead and legalize it, please. Gunner from Grove says response to Texas fans, how many Big Twelve championships do you have again? It's a shocking three low number. They've won
2: three in
1: since 96, what? yeah.
2: 26 years? 96, years?
1: 96, 05, and 09 are the only three titles they have. And Kansas Crazy. State has 03, 2012, and like, Kansas State has as many Big 12 championships as Texas since 96. And there has never been one year where Kansas State's had a higher ranked recruiting class than UT. And I know That's that OU's crazy. had their Kansas State problems of their own, but at least they have way more conference time. Like, Texas can't even say that. It's it's amazing. Uh, 712 says, how about this nightmare scenario? Let's say it doesn't work out for BV in three to four years, and Garrett Riley is the hottest name out there. Would OU offer Garrett Riley the head coaching job? That would be horrible. Jim from Wisconsin.
2: Uh, Don't know.
1: Z- no, I – zero percent chance they would offer him there's no way they there's no way they would offer his brother
2: zero percent chance yeah
1: well i i think for i think for a couple of reasons one is the obvious but if this doesn't work out i just don't know if OU would go back to the offensive guru higher maybe they will but i tend to think that they would go back to more of a I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know. I, I would think that they would go back to a defensive mindset um, instead of the offensive guru type.
2: I thought you were going to say if this doesn't work, we might just fold our football program. Well, yeah, and, that uh, goes without saying. That could happen.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I don't know. If, if, if he's got it going, if, if Garrett Riley is that big of a name at the time, and he's, he expresses some type of interest in the job, then I, I don't think they would let something like his brother being Lincoln Riley keep them from – Oh, I do. If, if they thought that that was the best opportunity for them to have a winning it football program. It would be
1: program. the same scene at the airports that it was when Britt Venable showed up, but instead of being happy, everyone would be pissed off this time around at Max Westheimer Airport. Right, I, that'd be well, a hard sell to the fan base. I'm just, I'm just telling you. Yeah. I, I, well, I it would
2: be now, but who knows? Time heals all wounds, Tyler.
1: <laughs> I said Jim from Wisconsin, and people are like, "Wait, Jim Leonard from Wisconsin just texted in? What's, what's he uh, doing?"
2: <laughs> anonymous Reddit post by uh, Jim Leonard talking about OU, uh, OU head coaching job. Nine one eight.
1: Best possible outcome for Texas game is to be up by multiple scores late let JFA actually run the offense and he hits Brennan Thompson for a deep touchdown. Which would you rather have? Brennan Thompson scores a touchdown in the Texas game or Trace Ford gets a strip sack touchdown against Oklahoma State in Bedlam and Stillwater. What's 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 the better ending of the two? Um because Texas fans there was at least like there was one guy that says I hope he tears his ACL in game 1, which is the most mean, like the most evil thing I think you can say to a current player. But OSU fans were like the the reaction from the Trace Ford transfer compared to the Brennan Thompson transfer wasn't really all that close. It was way worse with Trace Ford.
2: Yeah, well, I I don't think either one of them are bad. I think I mean you you got an opportunity, got a good opportunity. There's a coach there that you like. It's close to. Where you live, I, I, I don't know. I, what's the best scenario? Beating Texas. All right. Now, it, as long as I say uh, throwing the deep ball and, and beating Texas, that doesn't mean that we have to lose to Oklahoma State. Right? But uh, a deep ball to beat Texas with one of their former players, yeah, I'll take that.
1: Yeah, that's, that's probably what I would take as well, especially if he throws the horns down.
2: Yeah. Which, in that moment, I guarantee he would. Right? It'd be. It'd I think just you have to. Well, I,
1: I think you have to because uh, you didn't do it, and I think you regret it every single day. Brennan Thompson does it, and that'll be a photo that is hung up in uh, several bars and restaurants across Norman.
2: That's right. That's right. Good stuff. All right, let's hit a quick break. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on, hanging out here at Brown O'Haver, 405-735-5510. If you've experienced a loss from fire theft, tornado, or water, you need to call Brown O'Haver. Routinely get clients 30 to 40% more money than whenever the client does it on their own. Uh, Brown O'Haver, again, is a public insurance firm that that adjusts insurance claims for the insured,
0: not the insurance company. We'll be back. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network, your home for Sooner fans. How good does it feel to shop Lander
1: Chevrolet of Norman? Huge savings are back good, like $5,000 off and 3.9% financing for 60 months on 2023 Silverado. Window coverings, custom bedding, and cushions, too. They'll pick up and deliver your furniture. Call Wonderhouse today, 405-701-4048, or visit them at 1284 Interstate Drive in Robinson Crossing. Be sure to follow Wonderhouse on Instagram and Facebook.
3: We've had a great spring, as I said, and I told the team again, you know it when you see it and you know it when you don't. The improvement in some positions and uh, players, it's more incremental. And then I saw a lot of guys that made tremendous improvement, you know, and a lot of that's from the guys that just got here and then you know other guys that maybe coming out of their freshman year going into their sophomore year or a uh, redshirt freshman year you saw a lot of guys get better and I'm really excited to see you know the direction uh, of this team and uh, we've got really good chemistry uh, tremendous um, leadership up to this point and um, a lot of fun you know just seen a lot of improvement and even in a can't tackle the Quarterback scrimmage—you saw our guys play with you know great energy and great effort—and that's when you know guys are in a, in a good place uh, mentally and physically. And then obviously, uh, you know, having fun, you know, and having passion, you know, for the game—and that's what it's about. As they pursue perfection, I never want to drain their passion. We certainly intentionally try to try to help these guys uh, have always have perspective about where they're at, uh, having an appreciation for for what's in front of them. Down.
1: There's the head coach himself, Rick Bittables, wrapping up a spring ball for OU. How would you sum up spring ball for OU? Uh, Big success? Small success? Not a success? Hard to tell? How do we sum things up now that uh, it's concluded?
2: Hmm. I think of the options you gave me, I will take big success. Ooh,
1: okay. Reason being?
2: Uh, I saw how they looked early in spring practice compared to how they looked late in spring practice.
1: A little bit different, huh? From the first practice better. to the end? Okay. A
2: lot better. Um, I think you developed some important positions. Cheetah, Mike Backer, safety, um, defensive end. Uh, offensive line, right tackle specifically, uh, Caden Green, Jackson Arnold, development, improvement, um, running backs. You got to let the a couple of the early arrival freshmen get out there and get some extended reps because of some injury stuff. They impressed and got some some needed development. I would say, I would say a big success.
1: Um, you did suffer some injuries, but not, at least I don't think, any injuries to major players that are going to linger well into the season. Right? I don't know. I think that's mostly right.
2: What was Barnes' issue?
1: Uh, they, never, they never officially said what it was. I, I think it was like a foot-ankle deal, but it sounds like he should be back for training camp. Okay. That's, that's the thought.
2: Yeah, uh, I think that's. I think you're right for the most part, at least. I think we'll see about I Nick
1: Anderson. I haven't heard anything that he's going to miss a large portion of training camp, but let's let's hope I'm right on that one.
2: What, um, what do you think?
1: Uh, I mean, I I think with everything that you laid out there, yeah, I think you have to say it's a huge success. Like, I I just. I see defensive positions that are starting to acquire some really good front-line players and starting to acquire some depth, which is a massive improvement over anything that we've seen here recently. How how are you not excited about safety? It might be the best position on your team. Cheetah is such an important position on this defense. You just laid out how much better Cheetah might be, right? So I think when you look at the front-line players of this defense and in some spots the depth that they're starting to create – yeah, I, I think I think it's it was a it was a big success for sure.
2: Um,
1: and the freshmen that got their first taste of spring ball seems like at least four of them, if not more, uh, look look looked really good and like they might have a chance to to play this this uh, this fall. What
2: would you say was the the biggest development? The the position that. Um, you know, that someone showed up. Like, what was the biggest thing that took place over the spring? Backup quarterback, other than that?
1: Maybe that other corner spot. Uh, maybe you oh. were so good at that other corner spot that you had a guy that's played a lot of football here saying, yeah, I, I may need to go somewhere else to play. And you had a true freshman. Like, you had several contenders there, but you may have had a true freshman emerge there as the leader of the starting job going into summer. I, I might say that other corner spot. Yeah, that's like it, love it, hate it. What do you think?
2: No, that's good. If it holds, right? If if it wasn't just a spring flash, which you know it, it doesn't appear to be that that's going to be the case. Yeah, I would say I would say that. I would also say, I t- to me, it's. I think it's got to be Cheetah. It's got to be Cheetah, Justin Harrington, because I I think he's going to have. Just an incredible season. I think that he has the potential to just just by what he can do at that spot. I think he has the potential to really Im- maybe impact more than any individual player. What happens with us on defense? And not a
1: lot of people would have liked that take if you would have given it in January or February. You know, like oh god, Teddy, you really you you gonna lead you gonna feed us this again that Justin Harrington's gonna look good in the spring. But it yeah, it feels yeah. like he's gonna have a really big year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He, he he's just like he's so he's so big. He's huge. And he it's like the perfect mix of right, everything that you could ask for for the position. Length, he's six three plus, speed, you know, one of the faster guys on the entire defense, athleticism. Mobility, energy, effort, attitude—he checks all the boxes. The, the only thing—and it's not. This is not like even a a criticism. It's just where where he needs to improve, and, and I, the the better he gets at understanding the defense, the more athleticism he's able to unleash. You know, yeah. and not have to doesn't have to slow himself down by thinking. He's able to react and anticipate and play uh, fluidly out there, and I think he's going to get there.
1: Uh, texter from the five eight zero says, "Unless I missed it, what is the status of Gentry Williams and his progression? He's he's been back for for a while. Yeah, Gentry's yeah he's he's good to go, and will be good to go.
2: He's been back. I mean, and that's the other thing is we've got some good depth um, at at uh, at corner. Gentry, Harmon." Um, Dolby, uh, Josiah Wagner. Right, we've got some good depth there as well.
1: Uh, let's see. Reggie Pearson was my most welcome improvement. Much needed upgrade. Yeah. He's, solid. He very, yeah, he's, he's, he's real solid. Real solid. Very,
2: very solid.
1: Steve Stutzman, who came by the pregame show on Saturday, appreciated that, says, got to hang out with a lot of the new defensive guys on Saturday night. Great guys! Excited for the season.
2: Yeah, um, I think there's some. I think there's some young kids that, like, some guys show that they're going to be able to contribute right away. Peyton Bowen, uh, Josiah Wagner. Other guys look like it may take a little bit longer, but a very, very high ceiling. Adibare. Um, Pachadi, I think, looked yeah. good at times. We'll see. The, know, we'll, we'll see uh, guys.
1: We'll see what else you have at backer once they get on campus too. But that Lewis w- Carter, yeah, yeah, uh huh. I mean, yep. Hey, nice job. You got the roster memorized. Good stuff. Five one two says, "Are you sure the McCullough kid isn't going to be the starter at Cheetah?" And this one says, yes. "Where does uh, Where does Dasan McCullough start if Harrington plays Cheetah?"
2: I don't think he starts anywhere. Um, but that's okay. I I think that it's I think it's actually like probably going to work out great. Um, I think McCola is going to be able to um learn the position for a year. You know, be a probably be a backup there. Um gain experience, gain some understanding, get more comfortable playing out in space and be able to step, hopefully step right in when Harrington's gone. This is Harrington's last year of eligibility. So I, I, I think it, it actually is going to end up working really good because he's making such, a, such a, a big shift from being a guy that's played on the line of scrimmage, on the edge, to being someone that's playing almost entirely out in space. And I know he made a couple of plays out there, and I don't want to take away from what he did, but you know he is—he's well behind Harrington right yeah, now.
1: Sure, twenty-four-seven uh, Sports has a list of the top thirty-two players for the twenty-twenty-three season. Uh, Caleb Williams, number one. Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver at Ohio State, two. Yeah. Brock Bowers tight in at Georgia, number three. Okay. Drake May at North Carolina quarterback number four. Yeah. And then you've got Harold Perkins, the backer at LSU at number five. And as I scroll down the list, let's see. Jared Verse at Florida State is nine. Blake Corum is ten at Michigan. Too high. I don't see in Jordan Travis at Florida State is number eighteen. Good player. Yeah, Michael Penix Jr. at Washington's number twenty-two. Uh Kate Klubnick at Clemson's twenty-six. Whoa, premature guys. Dang, Bo Nix at Oregon's number twenty-eight. What do we? Okay. Uh, okay. I, yeah, I don't see any OU players in the top thirty-two. And they even have like ten painful omissions, and they don't have any OU players on there either. They have Kelvin Banks of Texas, but no OU players. You and the text line: Who is uh, most likely to end up on a top thirty-two players list at the end of this year?
2: Are there any offensive linemen on there?
1: Are there? Yeah, Cooper Beebe of Kansas State is on this list. Yeah, at the tail end of that thirty-two.
2: I think Kansas State's entire offensive line is back from a year ago.
1: They got guys uh, like Panzer and BB. Like Panzer is one of their offensive linemen's names, I think, which is kind of cool.
2: Yeah. Um, I was going to say maybe Guyton. Uh, if Guyton, if, if he continues on his trajectory, he got a chance to really climb up. But uh, it may be difficult for him. It's one thing to be drafted really high. It's another thing to have everyone in the country notice, like, the jump you've made at offensive line. That's usually guys that are coming back that yeah. that impressed. Um, uh, top 30? I mean, you're, you're basically talking first-round type of talent.
1: And really what I'm asking is the best player on your team, I guess, or who's thought of as just, as just that. I think it might be someone on the defensive side. I'm thinking, like, Stutzman or – like, Stutzman has the year. I mean, if he has that year, I think he could be there. I think Billy Bowman could have that year. Is it crazy to think that Justin Harrington or Reggie Pearson could at least be mentioned in this in this list, potentially? Um, Because, I mean, that, that cheetah position is such a – glamorous, well-known position, you know, one that you can make a lot of plays on. So I'm trying to factor that in. Uh,
2: Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say possibly with Bowman. I think it's going to be hard with Reggie Pierce. I I don't even know that he's going to be a starter. May not be. So that that would be maybe why I wouldn't say it there. Um, Yeah. Who is the best player on the team?
1: Um, I think right now I would go with, uh, Bowman or, uh, Bowman or Stutzman, probably one, two for me as yeah. 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 Let me think. Yeah. I'm good with that.
2: I'm not saying you're wrong.
1: Disagreement. I mean, (laughs) there's a long pause there as if you're trying to go through the entire roster to find someone else.
2: I I don't know. I don't know. Which is a kind of a weird thing. Well, yeah, it?
1: I mean that, and that's why I bring it up. It's the point of like star power. Like, regardless of who it is, they need someone in the top thirty at the end of the year. More than one player, really.
2: Yeah. Um. Man, I don't know who the best player is
1: because Georgia's I got really like don't. four or five players in the top thirty. That's where you're trying well, to
2: get. That's what happens whenever you win a lot. I mean. They've got a bunch of great players. I'm not trying to say they don't, but when you are back-to-back national champion, uh, you're going to get guys that are thrown in there that maybe aren't even as good as, as some of the other players across the country. But if you're starting at Georgia, they're back-to-back national champion, you must be incredible. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hanging out at Brown O'Haver today, 405-735-5510. Brown O'Haver routinely gets their clients 30 to 40% more money than when the client tries to handle an insurance claim on their own. If you've experienced a loss from fire theft, tornado, or water, give Brown O'Haver a call, 405-735-5510.
1: Bringing you the physical, relentless Suffolk. For more information, visit bit.ly forward slash Norman Stormwater. The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bring the final hour of the rush. No OU baseball, no OU softball tonight. Both of those games are rainouts. Uh, Willis McGahee, you're around the same age as him. I think maybe you're a couple of years older than him. His son just committed to Nebraska over the weekend. Four-star backer out of Miami. Willis McGahee, the fourth. Is uh, headed to Lincoln as of right now. He's committed, not signed, but pretty nice get for old Matt Rule. Uh, nice little uh, fo- uh, f- uh, former player's son, Willis McGahee, who was really good at Miami when he was healthy. Yeah,
2: well, McGahee, wait, that's a comparison?
1: No, it's his son. His son oh. is a four-star backer committed to Nebraska. Uh,
2: well, I'm interested to see what happens with Nebraska and, um, and Rule. It's gonna be it's gonna be a work in progress. It's gonna be difficult for them uh, to get the ball rolling, but they've got money backing it. And I, I, which by the way, John Whitson here, Brown O'Haver is stepping on with this. Uh, it's gonna be difficult for them to get the ball rolling, but the money. I I wouldn't be shocked if they kind of go the USC route. To some degree, I I don't know that they're going to be able to get the caliber of guys there, but...
1: They're putting a ton of money in facilities. They've got something big coming up. One more thing, uh, Trajan Bridges just took a visit to Utah. Uh, Looks like he might be a Utah Ute coming up next year, which is interesting.
2: Crazy. Which, I'll say this. Good luck to the
0: kid. You know, I... I can't can't believe he still has eligibility. Two years. Two years. years. Geez, Louise. Yeah. Because he was class of 2019, right? He was in that same class? Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. One of the three five-stars at wide receiver.
0: Yeah. I remember running into Lincoln Riley at Jones Assembly the day of that signing class. Really? He was beaming. Yeah, I and can imagine. really cocky. And he was having lunch with a current coach at OU who's still there, coaches a different sport, who's had way more success at his sport than Lincoln ever did. Um, There's a few options there, John.
1: There's a couple. It's a a male coach,
0: though. It's a male coach that I would know. Lon Kruger. Anyway. (laughs) Not Lon Kruger. And uh, anyway, I I worked my way into the conversation because I knew the other coach. And I was like, hey, congratulations on that signing class, coach. And he was like, well, oh, yeah, I mean, this greatest signing class in the history of the world. This is going to propel us into an amazing stratosphere. I thought he was really cocky. And really, on a side note, I actually knew his waitress at Jones Assembly. So later on that year I was like, so when when coach was like, Did you get like hooked up with a tip? I mean it's Christmas time and she was like on a three hundred dollar t- tick on a three hundred dollar check, he tipped her forty bucks.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, oh wow. That's <laughs> not that's not hey, I'm just saying that's just facts, um, Teddy. Okay. That's just facts. That's who we had coaching us. Ryan Hibble. Ryan Hibble. Nailed it. Yeah. <sighs> and I guarantee you, if they'd have given Ryan Hibble the check, he wouldn't have tipped no forty bucks. Right. That's all I'm saying. Fair point. Fair they're winning point. the Big Twelve championship right now.
2: Is that? Was that?
0: Yeah, yeah. it's happening right now. They were. Uh, they were in the lead after the third round. Okay. They're nice. big time. That is a big time program.
2: No, they're doing good stuff for sure. Well, um, what's going on with you guys? I know you're incredibly busy. Uh, we've had we've had storms roll through, started in late February and. Had another round here recently. What should people know? Because uh, there's, a, I know there's a lot of folks out there that have had, um, had to, you know, file insurance claims. When is it too late? Is it ever too late? Well, like, what's yeah. the process? So first need of all, to...
0: it's never too late to hire us, Brown O'Haver. We are public insurance adjusters. We work for the insured, not the insurance company. So if you've suffered one of these tornado losses, maybe you've suffered a fire loss, you can hire us. We're licensed by the state to work for you, not the insurance company, to get you paid more money more quickly. So if you're out there and you're like, golly, I'm struggling. The insurance company's not responding. I'm just not getting the movement I want, the traction I want in a claim. Uh, I'm not getting. I'm not seeing the money I want. I think it should be more. You need to give us a call, 405-735-5510. Um, the difference is we handle 40 to 50 claims a month. Mm-hmm. And the typical homeowner will handle one large loss in their lifetime. right So that's a multiplier of four hundred thousand percent more experience that we have. We've been doing it for a very long time, specifically with tornadoes, but with tornadoes, fires, whatever the case may be, we can have we have references. we can we can put you in contact with somebody that's experienced a be- very similar loss to what you've experienced at a very similar time. and we can tell you how much more money we made them because I promise you, we typically get our clients 30 to 40% more than they want. So it's just if you're looking to ma- to get more money from your insurance claim because you're not getting paid enough, you need to give us a call.
2: Yeah, and here's the thing. I, I imagine that whenever the insurance company, the adjuster, whoever it is that's handling the claim, sees that an insured has hired Brown O'Haver, I, I imagine the process goes way quicker, like, right? they know that they're not going to be able to just throw something out Absolutely. there you guys are going to be so detailed on everything that i think a lot of the back and forth is probably bypassed
0: yeah and you know a lot of people think well well if i hire if i hire bruno haver it's going to turn into some ad- adversarial relationship and that's not the case at all we've been in oklahoma long enough that we have a big enough or a good enough reputation that when we get signed up when a client chooses to sign up with us the insurance company knows they're dealing with professionals. Yeah. They know that we're only asking for things that we should be asking for. We're only asking for things that are covered under the policy. We're only asking for things that are due, are insured, right? right? There's no games. We're not playing any games. There's nothing that they have to worry about. And so it's a very professional relationship. And to your point, it does speed it up. And that's the key too, is not just getting more money, but getting it more quickly. Yeah. If you can accelerate the timeline of getting paid, it accelerates the timeline of bu- rebuilding your life. So- You know, in any case, if you've suffered from a loss, you're going to want to call us, but we can talk to you and we can tell you, hey, you're being treated fairly. You don't need to hire us. We do that all the time because we don't want to take a claim that we can't make more money because that's the only way we get paid is if we make you more money so give us a call hey you can, you,
1: can you stay on one more segment John because I'd like to fire you up before the end of the show about something Paul Feinbaum mm. said about OU and the SEC let's I don't think I don't think Teddy can give me the reaction I'm looking for so I'm kind of relying <laughs> on you to close it up
0: I'll do it dude I'm hyped up on HTO right now so <laughs> I can do anything
2: perfect perfect let's hit a quick timeout hanging up Brown O'Haver today 405-735-5510
0: we'll close up shop next make the Right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network, your home for Sooner fans.
1: SignatureCustomPools.com and turn your backyard into your dream escape.
3: A RPG came through the belly of the aircraft. We don't talk about the female combat wounded. These are our daughters and our sisters and our mothers. Wounded Warrior Project came into my life and taught me how to stand back up and get back in the fight. The truth is I think we all have this strength inside of us, but until you're tested, you just don't know it's there.
0: See how Wounded Warrior Project empowers women veterans like Beth by visiting woundedwarriorproject.org slash empower women vets.
1: All right, final segment of the day, wrapping it up. It is the Rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Steady Layman joined alongside John Whitson at Brown O'Haver. Also, go check out uh, John's podcast, the Boomer Bevo podcast, the only podcast dedicated to the greatest rivalry in all of college football, OU, Texas. All right, John, here's the quote that the mouth of the South, uh, Paul Feinbaum, had recently. Quote, I have deep concerns for the trajectory of Oklahoma. I talked to a local columnist, and I did not get a good vibe from that program. There just seems to be a concern that in the aftermath of Lincoln Riley, they can put the pieces back together quickly. That did tremendous damage. Not only did Lincoln Riley leave and take Caleb Williams with him, but also uh, they took a line of other players out there as well. No one is convinced that the Brent Venables hire is going to work. There's equally no one is convinced that it is not going to work. I know that sounds contradictory, but fans are tired of being right in the middle, end quote.
0: Paul Feinbaum is a clown. He's a clown. <laughs> this is contrary to all evidence. He's literally saying this. He's the Colin Cowherd of ESPN now. He knows it's going to get a rise out of OU fans. He knows it's going to get a rise out of OU Twitter. I don't know how you can look at the Texas program and not think going into the SEC is going to be an utter disaster for them, because it will be. And for us, Brent... And all evidence is pointing to this is building for a successful run in the SEC. I mean, what were we, number three, number four in recruiting last year? We're setting it up to be again this year. We're spending the money. The money's going into the program. Everything is working out exactly as Venables has kind of outlined it, planned it. There's only every reason in the world to have optimism. All he's doing it is to get clicks and and get people to shout back at him. He's a complete clown. It's that simple.
2: First problem, well, the whole thing is a problem, but he gathered that from talking to a columnist. I don't even know
1: what that means. Uh, right. Who reads the newspaper anymore? Let's start there. Who's the <laughs> columnist?
2: He, a
0: local columnist?
2: Who Barry is that? Barry
1: Trammell was on a show, I think, last week or maybe a couple weeks ago. I think that's who he's talking about.
0: Well, I'm not picking on Barry because Barry's, Barry's actually a good guy. That, is, that's not good. what we're talking about. But literally, for him to say that nobody thinks it's going to work out, that's actually the opposite of OU fan. OU fan believes so much in Brent Venables that it's going to work out that we're all sitting here somehow glossing over a 6-7 and seven season. I mean, if, <laughs> it, it, it's the opposite. The belief is probably – the belief might even be misplaced. The belief that we're going to be good is absolutely there, and for him to say the opposite is insane.
2: Thank you for well, giving
1: us exactly what I was looking that's for. That's right. I knew I could count There on you, you, you go.
2: All right, that's it for us. You guys have been awesome on the text line all day. Thank you to Brown O'Haver for having us out. We're